Oh, hey there. Welcome to Indoorsy, our podcast where we talk about things we do inside. I can't really hear you, but that's... Can you hear me? Did oh, you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't really hear you, but that's fine. You can't hear me? I can hear you a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Say something. Hello. I can hear you. Oh I should not be drinking the cordial. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, let's begin. I'm going to introduce Todd. Todd is an artist. He's a net oh. artist. Oh my god. Is this bad? You can just turn off the podcast now. <laughs> He's also a very tall individual. Mm-hmm. Often referred to as a tall glass of water by people across the globe. Very uh, smart, smart friend. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Okay. I love it. Kaylee is uh, a chanteuse, an enigma. She's someone you'll never fully understand. <laughs> this is tomfoolery. Well, if you don't know us already, you never will. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about matrimony? Oh, yes. Ooh, a little Britney. Yesterday, Todd uh-huh. and I uh-huh. ventured into the world of Britney and Kevin. Chaotic. Chaotic. Can you handle my truth? Was that the first episode? That was episode? the first episode, yeah. Yeah, so we watched part of it. And we had to turn it off because it was excruciating. Okay, for the listener, though, I feel like we should explain that. Please. We were watching it side by side, snuggled up in Kaylee's beautiful princess bed, which has... A TV at the foot of it, which is about 300 feet wide. <laughs> yeah, that's probably accurate. I've never measured it, but I would say, yeah, between three and 400 feet wide. The cinematography on this program is done entirely by Britney Spears. And so Kevin far Harrison. it has been, yeah. So far it's been 100% Britney and a little fee. A little fee. A little fee. Brr, if brr. For those of you who don't know who fee is, Todd, why don't you tell them? Yeah. Britney's Assistant. old crone friend. <laughs> <laughs> she is an old crone. She's an it's old crone. <laughs> she knows what she did. <laughs> she knows who she is. She knows what she is. Um, but we watched an episode yesterday um, because, of course, why wouldn't we? And uh, it was amazing. Afterwards, Todd made the observation that the cinematic style, the filming style, was actually quite similar to early French New Wave cinema. There were a lot of um, tight facial shots of Britney doing a selfie video and just shaky, weird landscapes and mirror shots. It was very interesting to watch, but also very horrifying. Yeah, it was upsetting. (laughs) It really was. We had to turn it off before the episode was over. We watched about 10 minutes of it and it was like being assaulted. But one of the things that Britney was doing in this first 10 minutes of this series was that she was going around and asking not her friends or her family, but the people who work for her, 
what they think about marriage and whether they plan to get married, whether they, quote, believe in it, which is a phrase uh, I'm not sure I understand, uh, and and whether it was something they planned on doing with their lives. And every time someone answered, I don't believe in marriage, Brittany said, me neither. Don't you feel like that was sort of like an early 2000s thing where like Gen X was the first generation that could like it was openly a very, be against marriage. It was a very progressive stance to be like, I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm going to not believe in marriage and believe. <laughs> believe. I don't believe in it. It's just it like exists. fairies. No, it doesn't. Brittany doesn't believe well, in it. Well, that's true. <laughs> it was interesting. It was also very sad because after watching that yesterday where she was interacting exclusively with her security and her assistant and her dancers, I was falling asleep last night and ritualistically checking all of my social media before falling asleep. And she posted a video and it was a time-lapse video of her in a hotel room. I believe she was, I don't know where she was, but it was definitely a different time zone. And it was nighttime, you could tell by the windows. And it was her and her security guard rearranging the furniture in her hotel room. Oh my and I was watching it and just thinking how sad that is that she's like, she has jet lag. She's awake at like three in the morning somewhere else where it's not her internal clock is not set to that. And she's like, hey, security guard who has paid probably mountains of money to spend time with me. You're Mm -hmm. the only person I can be with right now. Let's rearrange this furniture. And I'm going to make a fun little video for social media about it. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I should have sent it to you. I'm just, I'm really shocked because I feel like this last, these last couple of days have been a, about us realizing some of Britney Spears' truth. Yeah. And it's dark. It is dark. But the more I learn, the stronger I feel admiration yes. and respect. Yes. And intrigue about Britney. Me too. The whole thing. I didn't thing, know she was Southern. Oh, my God. Yeah, yes. Todd knew. I didn't know. Well, She was speaking with this Southern accent, and I was like, why is she doing that? And Todd was like, she's from the South. Well, her voice alone is, like, worth a PhD-level dissertation of, like, how she code switches between dialects of, like, her Southern voice, and she's going to talk like this, and she's just shooting the shit, y'all. Saying y'all. y'all. And then she gets on TV, and she's like, <laughs> do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> this is... The Britney to be seen. That's so true, though. Like when she went on TLR, TRL, TRL, Total Request Live, Total Request Live. (laughs) When she went on that TV show, she was like, "Make sure that you have lots of cute single guys in the audience for me." And it was just such an enormous difference between like her in the green room with her backup dancers doing their makeup and talking about you know being single or being married, versus like her putting on her Britney performance. Yeah, yeah. And do you know? I remember growing up and seeing, I can't think of a particular example, but seeing like adult women feel the need to kind of shit on Britney and other pop stars for kind of performing that kind of sexuality. Oh, yeah. And I don't agree with that way of going about it, but it made me understand why maybe they felt so compelled to do that. Because at that time, it was like Britney and Christina and all these other like performers wearing the lowest rise jeans and like the highest crops and like putting on those voices and like I could like feeling like that was like some sort of like uh backtracking to like a feminist revolution in like the 2000s but in actuality I mean 
Britney is a genius. And yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like how everyone thought Paris Hilton was really stupid, but she's actually like a multi-million dollar mogul and evil. Same with Kim Kardashian. <gasps> That's true. Well, and like these women, as all women are, are constantly demanded by everyone around them that they perform their gender in a very sexualized way Mm -hmm. and then when they actually do it and start making money off of it it's somehow sinister because that's just how they're supposed to be and they're supposed to be controlled and they're supposed to be at home but instead of settling into that way of performing their gender they're making money off of it and that's like somehow a very diabolical way of performing your gender Britney Spears is making money off of it but all the money goes to her dad yeah that's a whole different thing is that (laughs) That's, yeah. I would like to look more into that. Me because, too. Yeah. Because that was just snuck in on that episode of the yeah. mystery show that her dad is her conservator. Yeah, which seems... Fishy. I wonder if that's Can Can case. one be one's own conservator? I I've think never heard even this word, The assumption is that conservator means, well, I don't know, like, the economic definition of it. But I think you only have a conservator if, like, you yourself are not your conservator. Like, it's assumed that everyone is your own. Oh, I see. It's sort of like having, um, what do they call that? When you give someone the right to, like, pull the plug on you in the mm, hospital. I see. It's okay. sort of like that. I see. That makes sense. That's kind of scary. It's really weird. And strange. It, it's almost like an Amy Winehouse vibe to me. The weird controlling dad who's in charge of the image and the yeah. money. and yeah. Except Amy Winehouse, well, I don't know how early that started for her, but Britney, I mean, she was, like, in the Mickey Mouse Club when she was, like, be, like 10. So it's been her entire life. Oh, that's so odd. Freaky. Which I think is part of the reason why she so has, like, such a specific aura and, like, a mystique, because the way that she perceives the world has always been that way. Yeah. <sighs> anyway... Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I was thinking we could talk about TV. Okay. We should talk about Riverdale. Yeah. So maybe we could record a quick like, we're just talking about TV. We're just talking about TV. We're going to talk about Riverdale. Okay. Love that. Me too. I'm sure we'll love it later when we listen to it. (laughs) So Riverdale. Yeah. So, okay. A few nights ago, before I picked Todd up from the airport, I was like, oh, I've heard some little Twitter, little Twitter about this show called Riverdale. Um, So I was uh, on my Netflix app on my Apple TV and I was like, oh, I'll just go ahead and give it a little whirl. See what's up. (laughs) So I uh, pressed play on the first episode. I think it was when they introduced Josie and the Pussycats that I decided I needed to watch it with Todd. Because she's like, read these gloss lips. It's never going to (laughs) happen. And I was like, oh, my God, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) I'm honored. So I I stopped it. And I was like, I'm not watching the rest of this episode. So Todd and I, last night, yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday evening. Yesterday in the late afternoon, early evening. Depending on where you were in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Began our journey into Riverdale. 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 I love how I wish I could emulate with my voice when it comes on the screen and it's like, Riverdale with like the neon. Oh yeah, the flickering. Crackling. It's like, 
river. You're vocalizing see, a visual thing. Oh, you're right. Well, it is <laughs> they don't actually say. They don't say Riverdale when it right. comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what happens is to explain it longer. Um, <laughs> it it's a neon, and one of the some of the letters flicker on. That's just so unnecessary. <laughs> it's so insane. Prepare for more of this if I live to the second episode. <laughs> My brain doesn't just give out. How did I describe it to you before you watched it, the show? You didn't say explicitly, because we have kind of an understanding between us, a certain genre of show that we're very attracted to. Very. Including Gossip Girl, including Pretty Little Liars. Including MTV Scream. MTV Scream was the catalyst. That was the, I have goosebumps. That was the beginning. Scream is the best show ever. I've ever seen we last should, summer. We should rewatch it and talk <gasps> about that because we have yes. so much to say about Scream. Holy shit. Okay. Oh, I literally God. have goosebumps. I have goosebumps all over Look my at body. My goosebumps. At the thought of rewatching Scream with your TV setup. Oh, are you kidding me? We watched it on your laptop last time. And uh, uh, and I feel like I was hungover for 99 We were hungover all the time. Yeah. Now. You don't drink. No. I dabble, unfortunately. <laughs> She's a bitter mistress. What can I say? She pulls me back in. Anyway, MTV Scream was what started this all. We love teen dramas where teens are this really is too adults. Tangential. Anyway, you described the show to me as PLL, Gossip Girl, plus being ridiculous, and I don't know. Then we just jumped in. I didn't need any explaining, you yeah. know? So then we start watching it, and it is fucking ridiculously cinematic yes especially the i feel like the first episode particularly so it's so atmospheric yeah you know what it kind of gives me what it gives me like tumblr plus current mtv for like 13 year olds yeah plus david lynch oh yeah i definitely was feeling a twin peaksy vibe it's really translating that david lynch aesthetic for like the snapchat generation but it's also very tumblr aesthetic like Mm -hmm. tumblr being so full of like dreamy foggy pictures of the pacific northwest and i feel like that that and the david lynch like Mm -hmm. marry to create this although neither is involved neither tumblr nor david lynch is involved in the production and neither are we (laughs) (laughs) to be full disclosure (laughs) i feel like we're a bit of an inspiration (laughs) You know, it every episode felt like it had thirty to a hundred gifable moments. Oh yeah, because that's where I especially if you include the gifts with the subtitles. Oh, especially if you include the subtitles. So that's how you described it to me. (laughs) (laughs) We sit down, we start watching it, um, and immediately I'm hooked. Yes. Let me just say the acting is... Um, it leaves something to be desired. Nothing to write home about. Yes. Don't write home about Unless it. Unless it's like a warning letter. Yeah. Because like, the acting is bad. It's going to be a good bad. show, but the acting is not so great. But it's not... It's like very postmodern where we're really looking at like the form of the thing. We're hyper aware of it being a TV show. Like we don't need the acting to be good at all. Yes. It's also painfully evident that these supposed teenagers are played by people who are not teenagers oh my god yeah <laughs> which i think adds to the acceptability of the terrible acting it's just like it doesn't matter it's such a suspension of disbelief yeah i felt that way when we were watching scream same here i was going to mention that that the 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 biggest part that i see of scream in riverdale is the 
modernity mm-hmm. and the usage of the cell phones. Yes. And the references to things like, oh my God, they were referencing such recent things. I was like, this is like, came out yesterday. But then they were also like talking about really old things in a way that like teenagers, I feel like don't do. Yeah, I feel like that was the Archie part of it. Like the oh, actual you're so comic right. book presence. They kept saying... In the first episode, I feel like they said, like, four times that the town was, like, the town from In Cold Blood. Yeah. Veronica was even like, "Yeah, are you familiar with the works of Truman Capote? <laughs> and they were like, of course. Yeah. We're she was 16. Like, we she was love like, I'm Capote. breakfast at Tiffany's, <laughs> and this town is In Cold Blood. And she was right. And she, But she's not breakfast in Tiffany's. She's trying to be. She kind of is. She's like Blair Waldorf meets Audrey Hepburn. That's true. You won me over. (laughs) How interesting was it, though, when there was an entire episode where, like, the plot was about slut shaming? Oh, my gosh. That was so relentless. Like, that was so in your face. It was so strange and somewhat delightful. Like, they obviously (laughs) did not address it in any way, like, in any real way. But the the playfulness with which they referred to that phrase or used that phrase, I guess, was just so funny. Like, how was it? They were like, Oh my God. The mom was like, no, that was later. The first time it was, she's like, it's called slut shaming (laughs) and we won't stand for it. When, when, uh, what was her name? Not Esther. Agnes. No, it was Ethel. Ethel. When Ethel came out with her story about being, she helped, a football player with a calculus question and then he spread a rumor that that they had she sex. let him do things to her yeah sexual things and it was extra points because she was fat oh <laughs> yeah so then veronica is like listen cheryl cheryl is the villain i'm not a slut or anything but it's totally unacceptable that she's being slut shamed for something she never even did. Yeah, that slut over there is being shamed, <laughs> <laughs> and I won't stand for it. And then later, the one of the mothers is like, "Oh, haven't you heard what they're saying about your daughter? It's called slut shaming." <laughs> it's when you get shamed for being a slut. <laughs> <laughs> It was so funny. Truly incredible. I have goosebumps again. That was just so it's funny. so funny. Because, listen, if you want any degree of subtlety on this show. <laughs> Forget about it. It was like, we're literally just going to address the word slut shaming like 30 times. And I really had hope in the beginning when Betty gets like a group of like 12 girls together that have all been slut shamed. But then it's really only about Ethel, like. No one else in that room even talks. Yeah, like when the when the actual come up is happening, and, oh my God. and he's in the hot tub. They trap this dude in a hot tub and try to boil him to death for slut shaming them. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, that is what I'm talking about, but specifically yeah. Esther poking Ethel. her head, Ethel, <laughs> Ethel poking her head through the door, watching and then retreating, and that was an entire like, why did that they was her that? justice? Because <laughs> she it, wasn't included at all. It was just ridiculous because they made it entirely about her when there was yeah. this entire ginormous book filled with the victims of mm-hmm. the football team. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. I suspected that maybe Ethel would then be the evidence that Betty like took it too far but I feel like we've moved too far away from that yeah that's like that's never gonna come back ah Riverdale 
do. We're on like what episode seven now? I think so. So tune back in for our recap when it's done. Yeah. I have a feeling that there's going to be some sort of big twist at the end. <laughs> Is that the stupidest thing I've ever said? I have a feeling things are going to heat up at the end of season I one. I truly do. <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, the thing is, I think it's a mini series. Not They're not going to do a season two. Oh. Well, I feel like they might because it's been kind of popular. Huh. But the things are called like parts. They're not called episodes. They're called like part one, part two, part three. Really? I noticed something like that when we were like watching. Like a chapter it. or something? Or a chapter maybe, yeah. Chapter. Yeah, they're chapters. Chapters. Okay, so that could go on forever. There could be a sequel. Look at the cover for it. Todd and I noticed while we Are were watching. Are <laughs> Todd and I noticed while we were watching last night that this scene wherein young Archie is having sexual relations with, what's her name? Geraldine Grundy. Geraldine Grundy. <laughs> the music the teacher. The most heinous cellist in all of the Pacific Northwest. Um they are in her vintage beetle car and they're in like a they're in like a hot lamp (laughs) like a like a hot buffet red lit car and it's all smoky and the the scene just is constantly replayed in the series like it's always referenced and it's just the same scene of them like passionately cooking inside of this rainy automobile well they do that in pretty little liars too where for the whole first season you have to keep watching the like one little scene of aria in the bathroom in the bathroom of this with mr having what's his name Mm. (laughs) what's his name i don't know mr grundy mr fitch (laughs) mr fitz mr fitz oh sorry grundy you don't have to turn on the red light (laughs) But the red light is on inside of yeah. her VW Beetle. That is something I kind of like about the show, though, that they have, like, that foggy, dark, like, red neon. Mm-hmm. I think that looks really cool. But My in that favorite, one scene. What it's... was your favorite aesthetic moment so far? Oh. Top two. I actually need a second to think about okay, it. Okay, I'll go because I already Yeah, know. you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay, my favorite, two is when Josie and the Pussycats were first introduced because they were just doing their thing. Mm. They're making their music. They have matching outfits. They s- explicitly talk about their brand and building their brand and their following. And it was just so beautiful. They just looked so good. They all matched. They were making music. It was beautiful. And I think my second favorite part, or maybe my first favorite, and the Josie was my second, was um, the aesthetic of the pool when they trapped the... <sighs> football player to get revenge oh. to exact revenge the pool like she opened the door it was oh maybe it was a barn God. door and she and had the slicked back hair she was standing there wearing some sort of cape or something and a swimsuit a one piece a black simple one piece and the pool was all blue and shiny and it was all foggy in there it looked really good yeah, and the light from the water was, like, reflecting all over the room. Mm-hmm. I love when that yeah. happens. Yeah, that was good. I thought of one. Um, I think one of my favorite aesthetic moments is the repeated vignette that we keep seeing of the twin, not the twins, but after the t- one of the twins, quote-unquote, drowns, and Cheryl is, is on, the on the rocks and wet and yes. crying, and her red hair is falling, yes. and she and looks like a little beautiful lana del rey yes. uh what's that thing from L- lord of the rings the little goblin thing smeagol smeagol she's in a smeagol crouch she looks like lana del rey 
trying to be Smeagol. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite aesthetic moments. She's wearing white and it's wet. Yes, wet white. Another fave aesthetic moment. I kind of liked when, okay, I kind of have two that are tied for number two. I hope that's okay. One is at the pep rally when they're cheering and all the cheerleaders do their little line where they, like, they move out of the way and mm, Veronica's yes. there like, That did. Ah. Yes, and she does her sexy thing. <laughs> and it makes no sense as a cheerleader yeah, routine. It's, it's actually the most It's just choreography. Thing. And then the other one is when they go to the nunnery and they see, oh, this is spoiler alert. They see Polly. It's like an episode of Call the Midwife, if you ever saw that. Where it's just like 1960s uh, Catholic Religious institution. Yeah. That was cool. I liked her blue dress. I liked her pregnant belly. (gasps) Spoiler! Spoiler! (laughs) It's a shame what had to happen. Next time on Riverdale. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I have to pee. Should we... I guess I'll just go pee. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Just say... Thanks for listening. We'll be releasing more episodes. Give us a thumbs up on iTunes. Leave a review if they're nice. All right. We'll put some exit music here. Bye, everybody. Bye. freedom my name is liberty bell (laughs) (laughs) my name's liberty bell and i love freedom